Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I think one way to look at this is to consider that if you could just imagine walking up to an electric fence and trying not to run into it, but get as close as possible, that's pretty much where EPA is at right now. In the dark. <laughs> I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. I'm Alex Guillen, and I'm an energy reporter for Politico Pro covering EPA and climate change. On Thursday, on the last day of its term until October, the Supreme Court delivered another major ruling, West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency. It was a huge setback to President Joe Biden's climate change goals, ruling that the EPA does not have broad authority to curb planet warming pollution from power plants, but without a clear sense of what they actually can do. EPA wants to regulate as aggressively as possible. And so there's a, there's a line somewhere that if they cross, you know, they'll get struck down. And if they don't, that rule could be held up. They now have to find that line, but the Supreme Court has left them firmly in the pitch dark on this one. On the show today, energy reporter Alex Guillen and what exactly the ruling means for the future of federal authority. So basically, the six conservative justices came together and ruled that EPA can't require generation shifting, which is when they go to utilities and states and say, in order to reduce emissions, we're telling you that you need to um, use less coal and more natural gas and renewable energy, um, which emit less or or no um, greenhouse gases, of course. Um, that was sort of the crux of the Clean Power Plan, which was the Obama administration's big climate rule. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very complicated legal history. That rule was stayed by the Supreme Court back in 2016. And then the Trump administration came in and repealed it before any court really weighed in on it fully. Um, and then the Trump administration wrote their own rule. And then a court struck that down. And then we all went to the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> And then that led to Thursday's ruling, which um, was sort of unusual and basically took this hardline view that um, that the generation shifting is off the table for EPA. It's beyond its authority um, under the law. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. The ruling didn't um, completely bar EPA from regulating greenhouse gases. So there's plenty more to come in this area. But it has taken what most people considered to be the most effective, most efficient, easiest to implement, for example, route, and most aggressive, notably. So it's probably, you know, EPA still has options. People are talking a lot about what those options are. It'll be a long conversation, but the most aggressive option that EPA had has has really been taken off the table now. Yeah. And I'm curious, before we get into those options, I'm curious for you to just kind of put this into perspective for me, because from a layperson's view, it seems like executive action and agency regulations were some of, as you were saying, the the last and maybe most aggressive tools available for the Biden administration on climate, especially given the divided Senate. So are those tools kind of fully taken away at this point or how much latitude does the EPA still have? That is the $64,000 question. <laughs> the Supreme Court did decline to lay out any more specific guidelines in this area, in large part, I think, because it is a very messy question. Mm-hmm. There was, during oral arguments earlier this year, there was a lot of back and forth from justices all the way across the bench about how you could really do a, a bright line definition of like what strategy might or might not be acceptable. 
So what they basically did was they said, generation shifting, not okay. Everything else, maybe okay. We're leaving that up to someone else or later on to decide. So that is definitely still to come. And so, you know, EPA is going to put out a new rule, probably that, you know, their, their most recent timeline was targeting proposing that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they're going to need to deeply study the Supreme Court opinion and probably talk to, you know, various stakeholders, environmentalists in the power industry, et cetera, about what, what options remain. They may or may not try to get creative. We'll see. But I think one interesting part of the ruling, it, it's only a couple of lines, but it comes right near the end of Justice Roberts's majority opinion. As he was saying, you know, he said, we're not going to decide exactly what is allowed or is not under the law here uh, at this time. But he did go out of his way to note, you know, when you look at all the rules that EPA has issued under that part of the law in the past, they've always been limited to improvements that can be made at the source, Mm. which means in the past, when this law has been used for other types of pollutants um, and other industries, those have always come with the option of making like installing pollution controls that can capture or or burn off the bad pollution or um, making operational changes or something like that. But when it comes to a coal-fired power plant, there's really no good technology that you can just slap on the smokestack that would suck up all the CO2. The Trump administration did float some basically what were energy efficiency improvements, which meant they could get a little more electricity out of burning the same amount of coal. But those were one, two percent gains, reductions in emission, really. So that's really not making any, any serious dent. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if the Biden EPA here tries to do something more creative or if they see Roberts's opinion as a warning shot, as in like, you know, don't get too creative. Right. We're going to have to see. Yeah. What has so far been the reaction from the Biden administration and the EPA? President Biden, Administrator Regan have both put out statements, you know, blasting the opinion. Um, they're very disappointed, also vowing to do whatever they can, however possible, to continue to take action. They still have regulatory options directly. Administrator Regan for a while now has been talking about sort of a holistic approach to regulating power plants, where you look at not just the rules on greenhouse gases, but you also look at the regulations for other types of pollutants that come out of power plants. There's a whole universe of regulation that applies to power plants. And so he's had this idea of if we can sort of overhaul all of these rules and strengthen them all across the board, that's going to make utilities stop and think, do I want to spend, say, $200 million to upgrade this power plant? Mm -hmm. Or is it cheaper to shut it down and build some new renewable energy sources? That's a strategy he's been talking about for a little while now. And it's definitely going to be a big part of his strategy going forward since the Supreme Court has really effectively tied one hand behind EPA's back uh, in the climate fight now. This ruling also opens up questions about like other types of regulation, too, right? There's been a lot of chatter about, like, does this take down the administrative state as a whole? Is this like the first salvo in that? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to see opponents of those sort of regulations arguing that, that this is the first salvo. I don't know. It still remains to be seen how broadly the Supreme Court or the courts in general will apply this ruling for other regulations. So we'll have to see. But certainly it opened the path to being more skeptical of agency regulation, particularly when, you know, the executive branch is trying to to act and do something and address a problem that hadn't necessarily been explicitly thought of by um, Congress when they initially passed certain laws. 
Mm-hmm. You know, climate change is one of the big ones. They haven't passed any major climate legislation. It's been a long time since Congress updated its clean air laws. Uh, but we've also seen this a lot recently with the COVID pandemic. You know, we had multiple agencies that were doing things in that arena and they've been struck down by the courts. You know, just just last year, the Supreme Court struck down the CDC's eviction moratorium that was COVID related, mm-hmm. um, saying that, you know, Congress never intended the CDC to have that kind of authority over housing policy. A little more recently, there was a judge who struck down the federal travel mask mandate, uh, again, saying that this was beyond the scope of public health powers. Right. You know, looking to other, looking forward to other regulations that are coming out. We did write a little bit about this before the ruling came from the Supreme Court, and it could affect a wide variety of policy areas. What the Supreme Court ruled on was called the major questions doctrine, and I won't bore you by getting into all the details, but <laughs> it's basically a standard that just says, if Congress didn't explicitly authorize a major regulation, then it's unlawful. That's what they used in this case. They said a big generation shifting rule like that, that's a major regulation. Congress didn't explicitly authorize it. It's struck down. So can you apply that to other regulations? Possibly. Yeah, I would definitely expect to see this coming up in in all kinds of regulations and agency actions going forward. What's the biggest question here? Is the biggest question is, does this mean that Biden can't meet his 2030 climate goals? This definitely makes meeting those 2030 climate goals a lot less likely. You know, it was already somewhat questionable about whether that that could be achieved anyway. Yeah. It's definitely heading in the wrong direction on that front. I think the biggest question here is just what's going to happen next? Um, because we're entering this period where the courts are getting more and more aggressive about stopping executive agency action mm-hmm. at a time when Congress is experiencing the most bitter, partisan, intractable divides in living memory. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, and the courts are justifying this by saying like, well, if Congress wants to authorize EPA. Yeah, it goes to Congress. As if yeah. it's that easy. And, you know, we, we know from recent history, 10, 10, 12 years ago, Democrats, you know, had a supermajority in the Senate and they got, they got this close to passing a cap and trade bill. Right. And then it failed. And a lot of stuff's happened since then. But, <laughs> you know, sort of my point is like, it's, it's really, really hard to, as an executive branch agency, it's really, really hard to come at this from needing to get congressional authorization for any number of things when Congress can barely keep the lights on anymore. So, you know, I think we're, we're headed for a really, I'm going to use the word interesting. <laughs> interesting doing a lot here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, period going forward where, you know, we could potentially be seeing a much more aggressive conservative judiciary taking on executive action and Congress being completely unable to act in response to that. If you look back on the last 10, 15 years, this is, it's really kind of a story of whiplash. Um, we're constantly having this thing where the courts say you can regulate greenhouse gases and then there's a rule and then there's a change in administration. Well, we're going to severely limit this rule. We're going to do very little on climate change. Then there's a change in administration. Okay. We're going back to, figure out something that was stronger. We're going to try and do something more major. Now we're being slammed back in the other direction by the Supreme Court. You can't do that. You can't do something major. It's going to have to be more moderate at best. This, is, this won't be any surprise, but I think there's a pretty good chance that in 2024, you know, we could see a new administration coming into office or a returning administration potentially. So, you know, again, we could be faced with this position where it's just been years and years and years passing without EPA ever really doing anything on on climate change. Alex Guillen, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also in the news, 
In a defeat for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the Republican-controlled legislature, a Florida judge said Thursday that he will temporarily block a new law that would prohibit all abortions in the state after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The blocked law provides no exceptions for victims of rape, incest, or human trafficking. It had been approved by legislators and signed into law by DeSantis in April and was scheduled to take effect today. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. Dispatch's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan, and our executive producer is Jenny Ament. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.